Before we get to today's show, I wanted to let everyone know we are going to talk about the Porzingis rape accusation. We're going to share all the details and information that is out there and try not to speculate on anything, but I wanted to warn everyone there is some language, but mostly, if you don't want to hear about this story, just skip the first 13 minutes. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. No, no, this is no. going to be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Dirk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I don't have too much for you today. Off the, off the top, we did have a basketball game, but that is not the main story for today. It's not the main story today. The uh, The main story today is... Um, the Kristaps Porzingis allegations, the Kristaps Porzingis story, uh, all this stuff. And we wanted to get into it. We wanted, we didn't want to, we're not going to try to speculate. Um, and Isaac, if I speculate, or if you try to speculate, you can you feel free to interrupt me and stop. Um, but we did want to to talk about this story because it is it is a big story. It's a, the, the biggest thing around the Mavericks right now. And the Mavericks have had some history with, with situations like this in the past. And so we wanted to discuss it and just talk about the uh, all the information that we know right now. And so this is we're gonna I'm gonna give you all the information that we know right now that is available to us. We don't know anything else. We don't know we don't have sources or anything else close to this. We don't have any other information. Um, and like I said at the beginning, you can skip through all this if you'd like to. But I wanted to to, to lay out all the information and then um, yeah, and just we'll just go from there. We're really just waiting on what is going to happen with this story. So it started with a New York Post report, uh, Christoph Porzingis allegations. He uh, apparently hours after suffering a devastating knee injury at Madison Square Garden last year, former Knicks star Christoph Porzingis came home and allegedly raped a neighbor he had invited to his luxury Manhattan penthouse. The women told police, according to law enforcement sources. So this was this incident, this whole situation happened not while he was with the Mavericks, not recently. It happened a year ago. When he was still playing for the Knicks, he had just suffered his knee injury. He, you know, was it was the the night of his knee injury, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and so that's what these allegations come from. The alleged attack happened February 7, thousand eighteen, at the scoring the Soaring Sky Building in Midtown West. The woman told cops after walking into the tenth precinct station house. Source told the Post. So this story comes out. We hear about this. We hear, you know, the word rape comes up, and it, you know, it's a huge, obviously, red flag, uh, and it's it's a, um, a huge thing because the Mavericks did just go through all this different stuff earlier in the year about, uh, you know, the, the sexual harassment and all that kind of stuff, and it just, you know, that it really raises a, a red flag, a huge red flag. Uh, more more information comes out. A TMZ report came out and said, um, law enforcement sources told told TMZ. The alleged victim told cops Porzingis pinned her down on a bed in his guest room, uh, penetrated her, and then got violent. The woman told cops he hit her in the face several times, spit on her, called her my bitch and my slave. And he said to her, we're told the accuser claims that he stopped assaulting her as she was putting up a fight. Uh, and this is a, an African-American, a black woman as well. So the the idea of the my slave, the, the, the my bitch comment, that is just... Man, like I, I, I was hearing this and I was getting sick in inside just thinking about this idea. Uh, but this is all just the information that we have right now. 
Uh, the TMZ report goes on to say the accuser reportedly told cops Porzingis promised to give her $68,000 in hush money to pay for her brother's college tuition, but then reneged, which is why she waited to report the alleged sexual assault. So the idea or what's being reported right now is that she was promised this money to, to, to remain quiet about this. And then uh, a year went by and Porzingis didn't pay her the money. And so now that's why she's coming out with us. That's why she went to the, the police about it. Um, Porzingis' attorney responded. Um, Tim McMahon and Ian Begley tweeted this out. It said, we are aware of the complaint that was made against Mr. Porzingis on Friday and unequivocally deny the allegations. We made a formal referral to federal law enforcement on December 20th, 2018, based on the accuser's extortionate demands. We also alerted the National Basketball Association months ago and are aware of the ongoing investigation of the accuser by federal law enforcement. We cannot further go on uh, further go further on an ongoing federal investigation. Please refer any questions to the Federal Bureau of Investigation or the National Basketball Association. So the FBI or the NBA, basically. So from Porzingis' side, so from from the woman's side, you have these these allegations. She was supposed to get paid this hush money, so then it didn't the money didn't get paid, and so she went and she made this this accusation. Um or she made the report, I guess. <laughs> um, McMahon, uh, or the Porzingis' attorney, on his side, <laughs> this is all it's all he said, she said, all these different things. The only two people that know what happened are Porzingis, Porzingis and this woman. And so we're just hearing these two sides. So from Porzingis' side, they're saying that uh, on December 20th, 2018, so almost, what, uh, 10 months later, 10 months after this happened, uh, Maybe she came up and said, I don't want to speculate. Um, on December 20th, they went and uh, informed law enforcement about the accuser's extortionate demands. So she was trying to extort Borzingas for money, something, you know, the, uh, and they denied the allegations. So that didn't happen. She's saying that this happened. So they went to law enforcement and said that, that she's trying to extort my client, you know, all this stuff. They alerted the, the National Basketball Association months ago. Months ago could have been January, could have been December when they went to the to you know uh, law enforcement said, hey, we're you know we're going to this, um, you know this is this is happening. This person is trying to extort Porzingis and all the stuff. We just wanted to make you aware because we're going to to the feds about this. Uh, so now there's an investigation. There's an investigation on her. There's an investigation on him. Uh, and on the Mavericks side and on the you know the NBA side, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out on February the trade called a finalized Dallas New York deal. To finalize the Dallas-New York deal, the Knicks informed the Mavericks of the pending rape allegation against Chris Porzingis. The league office had been previously made aware of the allegation. So definitely before February, we know that the league office knew about it, the Knicks knew about it, and then Dallas was made aware of it. They are made aware of the allegation um, during the, the trade call. So it's not like the Mavericks didn't know that this was happening when he was traded. Um, the Dallas Morning News, which is uh, Brad Townsend, came out with a report that said two league sources on Sunday strongly contradicted Saturday's report by ESPN that the Knicks informed the Mavericks of a pending rape allegation against Chris Alps Porzingis during the January 31st trade call with NBA officials to finalize the Porzingis trade to Dallas. Okay, so his report contradicts what Woj said, but it's, it's kind of slight. Uh, Brad Townsend goes on to say the word that was used was extortion. One of the sources told the Dallas morning news on Sunday, the word rape was never used only extortion. The second source told the news. So two sources are saying that when the trade call happened between the Knicks and the Mavericks, that the word rape was never used. It was just used as the word was just extortion. So the Knicks said, Hey, 
you know, we're going to trade you our, our star player. And um, he has this this allegation against him, this, this kind of extortion situation that's going on. They did not use the word rape. So I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, but they didn't know. Um, they didn't know what it was because <laughs> they didn't know uh, that it was, it was rape or not just an extortion situation. So who knows what the Mavericks thought it was at that point. Brad Townsend goes on to say, this is a one word difference between what ESPN reported and what the news was told, but the difference is significant. ESPN also reported that the league was made aware of the allegations, implying the pending rape allegation that emerged Sunday evening. Um, League sources who spoke to the news said that the NBA was informed of the alleged extortion attempt by Porzingis alleged victim several months ago. So that confirms that the league did know about this. Porzingis did tell the league about it. And then um, the last thing, the last piece of information we know right now is that the um, Players Association director, Michelle Roberts, uh, um, man, (laughs) said, uh, we have been made aware of these allegations for some time, have evaluated the accuser's claims, and based on what is presently before us, stand with Kristaps. So at least from the from the uh, players association, this is kind of the one entity that you know we know of that is is backing Porzingis on this and saying that we believe his story. Uh, we haven't really heard either way on the justice side of it or on the Maverick side of it, the NBA side of it, but the players association, which is what the player the players association is supposed to be, they support their their players. They say we are with uh, Porzingis and um, they've evaluated the accuser's claims. And all the information, they've apparently talked to Porzingis about it and everything. So that's what's in front of us. And it's tough because you immediately hear allegations. One side says rape. One side says extortion. Uh, it, well, there's there's money involved in it. The, the woman wants money. She you know, wasn't going to report it because there was going to be hush money and then all this stuff. In the day that we're in right now, you don't want to discredit Honestly, either side. <laughs> and you, we don't want to come to to huge leaping generalizations or huge leaping claims already. I'm sure a lot of you are seeing on Twitter already people just jumping to either side of it, saying, I can't believe Christoph Porzingis did this. Or, you know, I can't believe this woman would try to accuse Christoph Porzingis to try to get this money from him and all this stuff. Like we're doing right now, I would encourage everyone to just wait until everything comes out before you come to a judgment call because... It's very great. The only two people, like I said, the only two people that know what happened are Borzingis and this woman. Um, and apparently, yeah, there, there's just a, there's so much gray area. There's all this stuff floating around and all this information. And be careful who you trust with information. Um, you know, we have these sources right here. We have the NBA's sources that we know. The, the ones that I just said from the NBA, I know that we can trust that information. I know I can trust Woj's information. I know I can trust McMahon. I can trust Brad Townsend. I can trust the, you know, the Players Association to come out with a statement. You can trust those. Um, the, I, the, the New York Post and the TMZ reports, who knows? I mean, I have no idea what they're – it's unnamed sources, and who knows what to, what to get from all of that. But that's where we are right now with the Porzingis situation and uh, – who knows what it means? Who knows what's what's going to happen with it? But uh, but like like we're doing, I hope that all of you guys would just wait on it before commenting. You don't have to comment. You don't have to make a statement about everything on Twitter. Um, you're not the Players Association. You're not Porzingis' side. You're not um, you're not a big deal in this whole thing, and uh, and we're not either. So uh, you don't have to make a huge thing. We don't have to we don't have to to take sides and all the stuff. We're just going to wait until it happens until the uh, the situation is is done until it is uh, settled, and then we'll go from there. So that's where we are. Yeah. That's the Porzingis situation. Yeah, and we're just like you guys. You know, we 
we don't know anything extra. We we got we were getting it, it seemed like every hour or two uh, a new report would come. Hey, out. did you see this? Hey, did you see did you see this? Yeah, and and we were texting just like a lot of you guys were. A lot of you guys were tweeting at us. Uh, we're following the story. Uh, just like you you guys are and getting information you know every couple of hours so we it is our we felt it was our duty to at least share all that information Nick just went through all of the information that we have read that mo- most of you guys have seen already through Twitter and we're going to continue to wait like everybody else to see uh, what else comes from the story that's where we are that's where we are the Pazinga situation uh, there's two sides of it Woman apparently feels like something, you know, happened to her. Porzingis denies all that that information. Now she's coming out and saying that, you know, he said these things and he did these things and all this, and who knows what's going to come of it. So, uh, you know, hold off to make your judgment call on this, and uh, and don't be name calling on either side because who knows who knows who's going to end up being right at the end of all of this. So, all right, there you go. That was the Porzingis situation. That's what's going on right now. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back. Let's talk about some basketball. All right, Isaac. Let's try. Let's start this kind of anew. What you got for me? All right. So I was at this. Uh, I was at this. I guess church event type of uh, Bible study with some people tonight, and there's some high schoolers, and the Mavericks uh, got brought up. So I obviously, do some church stuff, and I do uh, I do Mavericks stuff. So they were bringing up this the other part of my life, the Mavericks uh, side of my life, and. Uh, they're like, all right, so what, like, what exactly? Like, you write about the team, and it was a group of high schoolers. And this this one girl looks over and she says, "So does does people actually like read that stuff?" I'm like, "Dang, is that like a low blow?" She's like, "I, I mean, I didn't mean." It. Everybody started laughing. She's like, "I mean, basically, like, people actually read your your crap." And I'm like, "You're cr- well, did she I mean, say crap?" I, no, no, she that said funny. read this stuff. And uh, anybody read this garbage? How and I'm like, she's like, I just don't like people my age and like high school and stuff. Like, they just watch it and they'll just see like quotes on Twitter. She goes, "I just don't see why people would open up like a store and like read, you know, a couple thousand words." I'm like. Oh, this is a much bigger conversation. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that goes yeah. into like an attention span conversation. It it really is, yes. And just how like kind of this generation is just so like there's hardly any patience, and and then that's you'll why, enjoy. That's why I've pivoted to video, Isaac. That that is true. That is true. And I still then write thousands of words. It just all shows up visually. <laughs> you will enjoy. You will enjoy this comment. So we're sitting and we're talking about that, and this boy across the table goes, "Oh wait, have you ever heard of SB Nation?" Yeah, and yeah. I just start dying laughing, and I'm like, "Yeah," he's like, "Yeah, I, they have like some blogs and stuff. I think write about sports," and I'm like, "Yes, yep, yeah, yep, yep, the SB yep, stands they for sports blogs, and, uh, sports blog nation." <laughs> I, it was just so funny. Yeah, it, it's just when you walk in totally different circles in your life, and you. And talking with one circle about the other circle that you walk in. Yes. Sometimes it's so funny and just hearing those type of comments. And it's amazing to me how much, how, or how little people know about the world that we are so engrossed in. And that's kind of what society's doing right now. We have all these little bubbles and you can create them online with your, with the people you follow on Twitter or Instagram or, or wherever. You've created just this little bubble of the things that you're interested in and, and your likes and your your things. So we literally have NBA Twitter, and it's not liter- like a physical place. It's not even like a literal place on the app of Twitter. It's just like an embodiment of all the people that are interested in, in the NBA 
that follow each other and talk and you know post stuff and it's it's wild that it's come to this and there's there's all kinds of things i mean there's there's all kinds of bubbles and like you said that people can create and i was just talking with a, a friend the other day that's not a sports person or anything at all and they were telling a story about something big that happened and they literally used the term man twitter was blowing up about that and i'm like yeah. i didn't see a I dang see a thing about it thing but about in their it. mind twitter was blowing up because of the bubble in which they are in yeah. in which the people they follow and we've talked about this briefly on pod but when you when you only follow a certain people group or a certain group of um individuals you sometimes you fall into this trap to where you let these this one group of people or the majority group of people you follow start forming your own world views. They start forming Ooh. your opinions on Ooh, all these pre- different things because that's Pastor Isaac. Because that's what you like, <laughs> and it goes on both ways. I'm not trying to like it, it, it's both ends of the spectrum, and that's why you got to try to follow people on a bunch of different walks of life to kind of understand, or else you you really in that slippery slope uh, bubble life. But anyway, that's well. We're just going down a whole spill now. Wow, wow. So, follow, so, so what you're saying is I should follow Sean Hannity and Bill Maher. Is what that's what that's what I should do. <laughs> uh, you do what you want with that. <laughs> I recommend following neither of those individuals. <laughs> oh. Man. Uh, okay, so there was a basketball game today. <laughs> hey, there was. There was a basketball game that played at what two thirty? That's so, yeah. That's very weird. Yeah, it was super weird. By the time I got home from from church stuff, and I was like wanting to do yard work, and then the game was about to come on, I'm like, well, well all right, never well, mind. Well, guess not. <laughs> Let me uh, go inside and watch Trey Burke. Oh, man. So but before the game, uh, Luca did not play. He didn't even travel with the team. Porzingis obviously didn't play with the team, but he didn't travel with the team either. And Carlisle, before the game, said that uh, this was something that was previously planned and nothing to do with the allegations we talked about at the beginning of this podcast or anything like that with Porzingis. But Luca and Porzingis stayed back, and they also left uh, the strength coach and their, their their shooting coach to stay back and work with Porzingis and Luca. What do you think of that idea of Luca and Porzingis? Like, we're gonna send we're gonna send the representative team, and we're gonna actually train the real team back at home. Well, you know, it's important to remember OKC is just a couple hours away. Um, yeah. And they have know, a, they play again, you know, tonight on Monday. Yes, they play tonight against against Philly at home. Uh, Luca's obviously nursing the hip injury, and yeah, they probably just view as a time of hey, let's just get these two guys. I mean, if these two guys are gonna be the face of your franchise moving forward, then let's as much uh, chemistry, much work that they can do together, you're gonna try to you know try to do that. So yeah, they left him back at home and. Um, I mean, Luca was watching the game, which is really cool. I mean, he tweeted yeah. during the game about Dirk uh, rebounding or something with that, and uh, that that was really cool. That I can just picture them watching the game at like the practice facility or something. Yes, yes, sitting sitting back in that corner. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. So in the game, though, we got a Courtney Lee start. Yeah, let's go, Courtney. <laughs> Super random. Um, yeah, Jalen Brun- J- The starters are Jalen Brunson, Courtney Lee. Justin Jackson, Dirk, and Dwight Powell. So they're kind of sticking with that. Interesting to me that he replaced he replaced Luca in the starting lineup with Courtney Lee, though, instead of uh, I guess Ryan broke off or Devin Harris. <laughs> instead and, of you're like scouring the roster, like, uh, uh, <laughs> Daryl Macon. <laughs> why is he? I don't understand why Costas ain't playing it. <laughs> Just put that Costas. That's become our new thing. Just, why is Costas not playing? Why is Costas not playing? Um. But man, I mean, this was the Trey Burke, Jalen Brunson type game. It, yeah. it, this is okay. Okay, now, listen. 
I was going to go down the whole Jalen Brunson thing again, and we've just talked about it too much. But this is our campaign. This, this is, is our, our Twitter name. We have broken this down on the podcast multiple times. He should be all. He should be all rookie second team. I'm going to lead the riot if he's not uh, on Twitter afterwards. Probably not, but uh, still, he should be second team all rookie in clutch moment at the end of this game. Not many second round picks get the ball in their hand. Not only did he have a, a big time bucket, but then he had the big big time like drive and dish. The drive in which he drew he drove past Ooh. Paul George. Um, when they're putting Paul George on Jalen Brunson and Brunson still drives past him and dishes it for the uh for the dunk. Um, that's just big time. Like that is a big time move for a second round rookie. It's insane. It's, I mean, it's absolutely it's, insane. It's mad. It's absolutely yeah. it's absolute madness that he was able to pull that off. It's like he has done this before in a month that also starts with the letter M that is used as an alliteration for a billion-dollar corporation that doesn't pay their athletes that is uh, also going on right now. It's like he's done this before several times. Hey, I can't wait to watch Co- uh, Coach K in the Final Four. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, you choke, bro. Um <laughs> Real quick, Zion, bro, you got to take the shot. You can't be passive to RJ in those moments. He, he dished it to RJ a couple times. And then Coach K looked like he drew up that play for RJ in which he got fouled, missed the, uh, missed the free throw. But uh, there was a funny moment. You would appreciate this. This is a Laker legend comment from my wife. I, I uh, We rewatched the end of that Duke-Michigan State game, and they panned to Magic Johnson in the stands, the Michigan State alum that is going nuts. And my wife goes, oh, look, it's Shaq. <laughs> and, I, and, and I start laughing. I'm like, no, 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 babe, that's not, that's not Shaq. And I said, that's magic. Oh, yeah, yeah, magic. I knew that. And I just started laughing. And I was like, oh. I think it's more about head shape at this point. <laughs> I think it's the head shape. I think Shaq like- could run the Lakers better than magic. Ooh. Well, Shaq, we're, we're, let's let's okay. Let's wait on that comment and see what Shaq does with Papa John's first. If 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 Shaq can get Papa John's to actually have good, decent pizza, then maybe maybe we'll talk about it. I think Shaft, Shaq would be Shaft. a better Shaft. <laughs> Shaft. Shaft could run the Lakers. <laughs> I think Shaq could uh, be a better uh, police chief than Magic, a GM or president of operation, whatever he is. I'm just gonna wait and see what he does with Papa John's. Maybe he can get uh, bread from uh, manna from heaven after the KP, KCP signing. If you're a pizza place and the only thing that you <laughs> if you're a pizza place and the only good thing you do is the butter sauce that they put on the side, start over. Just start over. It's the only good thing. Their breadsticks are terrible. Their pizza is terrible. Their cheese is terrible. Oh, I don't eat pizza anymore. Oh yeah, forgot about that. I, I mean, I haven't eaten Papa John's in years. Maybe they stepped up their game, but. <laughs> Has Little Caesars passed Papa John's? Oh, gosh. At least I can get a, a pizza for five bucks. Hey, back. Little Caesars deep dish pizza isn't bad. I'm a New York pizza guy. I don't like I don't like deep dish pizza that much. I, I anyway, might as well, all right, we're done. At that point, I might as well eat a lasagna. Okay. On I've, this roster. on the Chicago deep on the, dish pizza in Chicago. We're already down, We're already down this road. On this roster, who would be the Papa John's pizza? Oh, that's so mean. Um, All right, who who would be Domino's and Papa John's on this roster? Dorian and Brokoff, pick one. 
Um, I'm going to say broke off as Domino's, Dorian's, Papa John's. Who's Little Caesars? Sala. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Jalen Brunson's E for Tilly. Ooh. I like E. I like E for Tilly. Now, I now we're just go. Okay. All right. Back to. Back yeah, to now we got to move on. All right. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's not try to insult any more players in the Mavericks. Hey, that could be a good thing. All right, Isaac. So, um, this is Jalen Brunson, Trey Burke game. It, it kind of seems like these games at the end of the season where the Mavericks offense is literally just like, hey, let's make a ton of passes and just eventually someone will move to the right place and then we'll get a shot. It's, they're kind of dominated by point guards at this point in the game. Like, we've seen Yogi do this. We've seen, uh, you know, not Jalen Brunson do this. We saw Dennis at the end of, uh, end of last year kind of come on. And uh, these these tanking situations were are owned by point guards like this. And we've gotten a lot of uh, tweets especially today about Trey Burke. And I mean, Trey, Trey Burke came off the bench, had 25 points, uh, eight assists, four for eight from three, uh, 10 for 18 from the field, plus 14 off the bench. He had a heck of a game. And I, I tweeted out and I obviously said, worded it this way for a reason. I said, he deserves some solid rotational minutes uh, for a team next year. And I do not think that's going to be with the Mavericks. And that's, you know, people have tweeted us asking, how does he fit? Will he be on the team next year? And I, I just don't think he will just because there's only so many of these guards that you, you can have on your team. And if if they roll next year with Luka as their uh, primary point guard, and then you, you're bringing back Jalen Brunson, uh, all signs point to J.J. Barea coming back. And so right there you have three and we're not even counting if they go out and sign somebody. Let's say if they pull off the Dragic thing that we've talked about, let's say they go out and get Patrick Beverly, uh, any of these other point guards, then you, now you have four point guards. So I think Trey Burke, here's my thing with him. I think that he's proved himself enough that I think there'll be other teams in the league that will be like, Hey, we have a primary backup point guard spot for you. And that where he will get some solid minutes. Now, if he's willing to come back to be our like third or fourth point guard off the bench, sign me up because I think he's played pretty well. It's just I think he can get a uh, an increased role with another team around the league, and I think he's proved that. It depends on JJ Barea's status. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we just assume that JJ will be back, and I, I think he'll be back. Not, I mean, you see his Instagram the other day. If he's going to be back the before the start of the cool. season, like if he's going to be ready to go. When the season starts. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. I I think Trey Berg, it might depend on what they do in free agency and stuff too, though. True. True, very true. Um, I, I'm just kind of out on, on, on Trey Berg. If they're going to have J.J. Bray, Jalen Brunson, they're going to have Luka back. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. If Devin I, I like, is going to come back too. I like Burke a lot, but I, I like I was saying before, I think there will be a team across the league that say, hey, we need a good back, a, a solid backup point guard, and I think he can be that for a team. And I think this is his kind of like showing a yeah. showcase and stuff right now, kind of like what Boogie's doing for like Golden State. <laughs> obviously, kind of, big... kind of like what Trey Burke did last year for the Knicks. <laughs> yes, very true. And the year but... before that. Yeah. Um, anything else? Dirk had 13 rebounds. Isaac, did you see my, my tweet about Dirk and his rebounds? 
No. Okay. The last time Dirk had 13 or more rebounds was when? Oh, God. Just start with a year. What year was it? Um, It's 2019 currently. I just want to give you that for reference. 2015. It's 2017. 14. Do you want to guess what oh. team it was against? Lakers. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Wow. The last time Dirk had 13 or more rebounds was March 5th, 2017 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. He also had 13 Dang. rebounds against the Thunder on Sunday. <laughs> Two years yeah, ago. I mean, I mean, yeah, Dirk, Dirk uh, finished with seven points, 13 rebounds, and a plus 14. Let's go. In 26 minutes. Listen, Dirk Nowitzki played 26 minutes against the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is going to be a playoff team probably. Barely. <laughs> They've clinched, but... In a win, and he, he had 13 boards and was a plus 14. That's remarkable. Like it, it, like that is a crazy stat line for for Dirk at his age, 21 seasons in the league. It's crazy that he was a plus 14 against this OKC team, and he played 26 minutes. Uh, it's that's remarkable. Yeah, I I wish he would come back. He might. He, he might, yes. He hasn't, yes. he hasn't said no. He hasn't closed the door on it yet. Hey, I want to talk about this Oklahoma City Thunder team because they are just – I've watched this team Bef- a lot. Before we get off, go, remind me of the standings too. Do you want to talk about the, the, tanks, the tank standings? I, I, I can't call it that, but the <laughs> standings. Uh, but with the, the, the Hawks lottery standings. And all that stuff. Exactly. The there lottery standings. You can call it that. Uh, the Thunder is such a weird team. They, they have this – they have this crazy defense. They have such they have long arm. We even saw Jeremy Grant several times just swat Jalen Brunson's shot or just get in a passing lane or do crazy. Like he has such long arms. Paul George. Is you know who he's better than? He's not better better than Gallinari. I, I just did, <laughs> I literally just did a Clippers video. It's on Free Dawkins right now. He is definitely not better than Gallinari. Gallinari is so good. Gallo's good. We had a Gallo uh, shooting forty. He's shooting forty six percent on catch and shoot threes this year. Wow, killer. He would look nice. Alongside a hey, twenty-two million dollar expiring deal. Hey, give me a give me that Miami first, and I'll take him. If you get Porzingis and Gallo as your front court, you're not stopping anybody. But you're, uh, you're you might stop somebody at the hospital. You're shooting the lights out because <laughs> you're stopping you're from like, three point line to three point line is what you're doing. <laughs> um, but th- this man, the bench on this team is is kind of suspect. You have. Like, Dennis Schroeder's going to bring it every night. He's going to play, you know, 30-plus minutes. You have Nerlens Noel, who they play. Sometimes they'll play him, like, 20-plus minutes, and sometimes they'll play him less than 10 minutes like they did against the Mavericks. They have Abdul Nader, who's kind of come out of nowhere and has been, uh, like, really important for their bench, which is really sad because Alex Sabrinas just, you know, left the team. Hamdu Diallo isn't ready to go. Raymond What Felton, happened to Patrick Patterson? Patrick Patterson, ha- he had been playing. I don't know if he was injured or not today. Um but, Raymond but, Felton, but ever ever since they got Markeith Morris, Patrick Patterson's been completely out of the lineup. Raymond Felton looks like the Papa John Zion. He literally he checked <laughs> in, and I'm like, "You're like body weight looks like Zion in his jersey, except Zion is just all muscle." But it's like he checked, and he he looks like he's just like five inches shorter. It's like he's his uncle that like didn't grow. Yeah, I just don't like. I love Raymond Felton. I. I talked to him in Kroger as I was buying grapes a couple years ago. He's on the Mavericks. And, of course, he's a Tar Heel. I love Wait, he was buying grapes or you were buying grapes? I was buying okay, grapes. Okay, we got it. What was he buying? I forgot. He, he was with his girlfriend or wife or who it was. But I was like, hey. I told my wife, I'm like, that's Ray Felton. Um, 
Anyway, did she go? Hey, that's is that is that Shaq over there? <laughs> is that Shaq? Uh, the thing about this is, I thought I thought this was the best bench they've had in like years because I look at him like, On all right, paper, Dennis Schroeder, yeah, know. Markeith Morris. They made that like they got him or the the pickup. And, I mean, like, just Markeith Morris, Schroeder, and Nerlens. I feel like that's three of the best bench players they've had in five years. I mean, they've had they had James Harden at one point, if you, if you remember that. Do you well, remember, yeah. Do you remember a, when yeah. they had James Harden as a bench player? You remember that? Yeah, yeah. In the finals <laughs> and everything, yeah. Uh, Reggie Jackson was also really good for them off the bench. Yeah, since since they got rid of Reggie Jackson, obviously James Harden, I feel like this is – because on paper, even Patrick Patterson, Morris, Nerlens, and Schroeder – like, come on. Like, then you just kind of find a, but yeah, Patrick Patterson, he's, he's far gone, man. I'm not, there's some believers in Terrence Ferguson and I, I don't know if I'm in that camp or not. I'm I'm there. I, I've watched enough Terrence Ferguson. I'm, I'm there. You like him? Good, de- good defender, long defender can hit it, can hit a spot up jumper. That's all I need him to do. Can he hit a spot up jumper? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he can. Okay. Well, he was over two tonight. He was a minus oh, twenty-two. Wow. How dare he miss two shots? <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. But no, he's he's, he's made is, them. He's com- so skinny. Right. He's made them completely forget about Roberson, though. That could be the problem. What? I think they could they they could use Roberson though. But they have Terrence Ferguson, who's doing just as good of a job. Not as not as good a job on defense, but he's shooting way better. The problem is not Terrence Ferguson. Let's just put it that way. The problem is not this the two guard on this on this team. The problem is that that Westbrook puts up some empty stats. Yeah, I still wouldn't want to see him in the playoffs though. Uh, I still like Paul George and stuff. For sure, and... I still think they can they can put on they put on their defensive switch and then this that's how this team wins games. They get deflections. They get the most deflections is, in the NBA. They... Is Stephen Adams healthy? He just Man, I yeah, I don't know. He just didn't look right. Yeah. But I love him. Except for he, he had of, twenty and fifteen. <laughs> he's one of my favorite non-Mavericks in the league. Uh, can you give me a standings update with the Hawks and Mavericks? As far winning? as the the tank the tank standing the lottery standings. Well, earlier before this game started, the Hawks pulled off the crazy shot. Uh, Trey Young scoring his eleventh and twelfth points of the game. Big time game. Okay, it was a huge game for for Trey Trey Young finishing those twelve points. And uh, but those 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 last two points uh, was a game winner. That was just a broken play. Okay, the, in a, the Hawks played the Bucks, but they didn't really play the Bucks. They played the Bucks G League team pretty much. That and this is the scenario in which you can't look at schedules and say, "Oh, you know what? This person, this time of year, anything goes." Because <laughs> there's people resting, people there's injury. Everybody's just getting ready for playoffs. Because so you don't know what is going to be a, a winner or loss right now. The Bucks started Tim Frazier, which how many of you listening, honestly, honestly in your heart of hearts, knew Tim Frazier was one a basketball player and two was on the Bucks and not the Pelicans anymore because I did they not. just signed him after Brogdon because I did not know that Tim Frazier was on the Bucks, <laughs> but he he played fifty three minutes. Wow, <laughs> he played the whole thing, the whole game. Oh wait, they went in overtime too. Yes. Dang, Trey Young only had twelve points. Well, Trey Young hit the shot to tie to go into overtime, and then he hit the the, the shot in overtime too. To oh, so so so. But besides those other two shots, he had like what three shots? Man, <laughs> yeah, he made five shots total. That's true. So two of his shots were to tie. That's big. Wow, uh, what he, a performance! They all. The, I mean, the Bucks, he, he could be considered for an award. The Bucks also started a guy named Bonzi Colson. Yeah, he played at Notre Dame. Yep, I like him. He's Bonzi Wells' son. 
No, it's not. Just kidding. It doesn't work that way. Surnames and surnames in the United States, not not first names. <laughs> uh, they st- they did start Brooke Lopez though. Okay, we'll give them that. They started Brooke Lopez, okay, okay. DJ Wilson, and Sterling Brown were their other two starters. George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Airson Ilyasova. Those are all the players that played for the Bucks. They didn't play Giannis. They didn't so. play Bledsoe, Middleton, Tony Snell, obviously Miritich or Brogdon, and it took overtime for Trey Young and them to beat him. Hmm. So yeah, so so Atlanta beat them in overtime. Then it goes into the Mavericks game. You're like, whoa, Atlanta won this game. If Dallas lost that game, it lost against OKC. There would have been uh, one and a half games. Better. Whatever. Yeah, so they won, which is awesome because you know I root for wins. You were probably rooting for a loss. Am I correct? I wasn't rooting for anything. <laughs> I was like, either way, if they win this game, that'd be that'd be hilarious. If they if they lose, then then they'll move closer to the Hawks. I still don't think they're going to pass the Hawks. No. So at this moment, with both teams winning today, how far are they back? Or how far? It's two and a half. Are games. they? Okay, two and a half games, and we got a handful of games because it, it didn't move at all. Yeah. Um, like we said earlier, Dallas welcomes the Sixers to town tonight, uh, Monday night in Dallas. Uh, the Sixers will be there. We'll see who they, they need wins right now. So, uh, but just like OKC needed win too. We don't know the status of Luka Doncic for the game with him staying back in Dallas. We'll still see if he suits up, uh, for, uh, this game against Philly. Yeah, the Philly game will be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I think I'm most interested to see how much, Isaac laughs at Ben Simmons and his lack of jump shot on the podcast after they play. I'm so ready. I'm ready for uh, Boban to be the man and uh, for him to uh, Can we get some Boban Sala minutes? That's what I want. I mean, you mean Sala measure who's shooting a better three-point percentage than Ben Simmons? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's a lot. Uh, He had another three today against OKC. Let's go. Dang. Love, love me some Salah. Uh, Bobby is gonna, no longer. This is my favorite thing on Twitter over the last week. Instead of people saying Kobe, now it's Bobby when you sh- <laughs> when you shoot, because now Boban's shooting threes, but only from eight it. feet and in. <laughs> That's all. All right, there you go. Uh, like Isaac said, the Mavericks play the Sixers on Monday night, so we will be back talking about that game, and uh, we'll be back all the rest of this week. Peace out. Boom.